Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the OP Radio Podcast. If you're streaming this particular episode, I would really appreciate it if you subscribe on your podcast app. With that said, on today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Chris from uh, Fish Guy Photos on Instagram. He's a good friend of mine. You might remember him. He's done a few episodes for me already. We went whale watching together. We went hunting with his red-tailed hawk Emmy. And we also hung out at Mustache Brewery in Riverhead with my brother, where I made my brother very uncomfortable telling old family stories. So today it's Chris from Fish Guy Photos. By the way, if you like the ocean life like I do, his drone shots and his underwater photography in and around Long Island is second to none. Really, really well done. Today we're going to be talking about sharks. Let's do this. What's going on, Chris? <laughs> What's up? How's everything? I'm tired, man. I, uh, as you know, I got a puppy. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm, I think I'm too old to be getting a puppy. It's like having a third kid. What was I thinking? But uh, oh my god, it was a long, long night, and I think I might be allergic uh, to the puppy, even though it's supposed to be hypoallergenic. Oh no way! That stinks. I'm 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 with you on the allergic part, man. I can't be around dogs at all. That's why we have uh, we have standard poodles, uh, which yeah. I'm pretty good with. I don't have any issues with them. Yeah, but poodles are nasty. No, they got terrible <laughs> attitudes. I see them walking around New York City, and they're they're very <laughs> pretentious. They, they, Those are they, the froofy ones. Mine aren't froofy. <laughs> they walk around like their shit don't stink. And when, and when they shit on the streets in New York City, they, they look at the owner like, yeah, that's right. Pick that shit up. I'm moving on. I hate poodles. Uh, well, you know what? We'll change your mind. We'll, t- we'll try to take one hawking next time. We'll go out with Emmy. Yeah, that would be cool, man. Um, but anyway, uh, thanks for the help, by the way, with the, with the pup. We're trying sure, to figure out. How, it, it's nipping the hell out of all of us. But uh, at this point, it's almost shitting and peeing exclusively outside which is amazing because we've only had it for like two weeks that's awesome that, once you get past that point man it gets a lot easier well yeah but the biting is uh, out of control man out of fucking <laughs> control I, I i don't know what you're supposed to do because i'm an older guy you're you're an older guy not as old as me and when we were growing up and when we had dogs it was really easy it was a tennis ball to play with and it was a rolled up paper if he misbehaved, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I was definitely I definitely remember that as a kid, but uh that's not that's not the way anymore, especially when your wife's an animal trainer. <laughs> oh really? Oh that's good. Yeah, it. yeah. My wife's uh an animal trainer, professional animal trainer, marine mammal trainer. Wow. And, uh, does a lot of work with dogs as well and uh Yeah. Yeah, you don't do that anymore. No, we didn't know better is my point, because I think people that just heard that are horrified. You know, because of this new world we live in, 
Um, but we didn't have books. We didn't have all these special chooch toys. We had nothing, man, literally nothing. You would just grab a dog and then you were on your own and the damn thing would pee and shit all over your house because you couldn't even understand how to figure that out. And eventually they started peeing and shitting outside. Training has come a long way, man. And, uh, I mean, man, our poodles, uh, my wife had, uh, my wife had them ringing a bell to go outside within a couple weeks. Of you know, course so. she did. The stupid poodle. I'm ringing the <laughs> bell yeah i guess that doesn't help my argument with the poodle right. thing. There, i'm yeah. ringing the bell why are you taking so long open the door i'm ready to <laughs> shit <laughs> i don't know i don't know why you had to say poodles i'm so triggered i don't i, I don't like poodles i don't like yip yap dogs i'm scared of german shepherds uh i'm more scared of german shepherds than uh than actually pit bulls if you need to know because I got nipped by one on a, on a paper route when I was uh, 12, 13 years old, and I never forgot it, man. That'll mess you up. That'll keep, you, that'll keep a memory in your head for a while. Uh, of course it would. I still got the scar on the inside of my left knee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure your poodles are delightful. What kind of food do you feed them? Filet mignon? Some sort of bag of food. Oh, that's my that's my wife's department. I take care of my hawk. She takes care of the uh, she takes care of the of the dog. You know, dogs. Very nice. I don't even know why I'm I'm being such a dick because I know I'm going to be calling your wife soon and and begging her for help with this dog. Yeah, don't say bad stuff about poodles, man. Or she ain't going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> and also, thanks for the the tip on uh, on uh, the tick thing. Yeah, uh, it's been bad this season. It's been really bad. Um, I, I've knocked uh, three ticks off my body. I'm constantly checking my kids because, you know, we tapped out of the city, as most people know, and we're living that ocean life. Uh, but the problem is, man, wherever you walk, there's ticks. I I got a tick just on the beach where where, yeah. where there was nothing. There's nothing growing. I, I didn't understand that one, man. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of deer around, especially in the beach communities, and um, you know, they'll 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 live up in that beach grass and stuff too. So pretty much any tall grass, you got to watch, you know. And like I said, it's it with, with last winter being so mild, uh, it's just been a really bad season this year. It seems you know, there's nothing to really knock them back a little bit, you know. They're yeah. just uh, and, and they, not, got, they were pretty out of hand. I, I I live in the middle of the Pine Barrens, so it's really bad over oh there. Oh my know. god! And now having a, a puppy that wants to just explore and go through all the beach uh, grass and stuff, where there's tons of ticks. I'm like, just great. So we're constantly, you know, checking um, the the puppy already. I'm sure the poodle will just tell you, I got a tick. <laughs> <laughs> Get the tweezers. I'm not gonna wait all day. <laughs> But uh, I was driving the car. I know we're going to talk about sharks in a minute. And yeah. I, was, I was thinking about my fear of sharks. And the one thing that I'm scared more of than sharks, I could say, is ticks. So I'm driving home. And all of a sudden, I feel this thing on the back of my neck. And it's a bug crawling. And, and I'm used to, like, mosquitoes and bugs and stuff. So I reach back as I'm driving. And I, I pull this thing that was just starting to latch onto the back of my neck. And I, I, I pull it around to look at it, and it's a tick. And I went, I, I, I had fear immediately, and I almost drove off the road, Chris. I'm not even joking. <laughs> That's how, how scared I am of ticks. They creep me the fuck out. And then I swerved. I realized I swerved, and then I was able to get all, over to the shoulder of the road. Now I go into complete panic going, oh, my God, I got Lyme disease. 
And then I'm like studying this thing, and then I threw it out the window. Then I wasn't sure if I actually threw it out the window, if it or if it latched <laughs> back onto the car, and it was going to come back into my car. Um, just no joke, just just complete panic over a stupid tick. So as you know, I texted you immediately and help the people out there because I know a lot of uh, people uh, are definitely very afraid of ticks and Lyme disease. Uh, walk me through that real fast. Yeah, I mean they're they're you know they're definitely a problem. I mean when you know again living in the pine barrens, I unfortunately I deal with them quite a bit, and uh, you know you just want to get them off as quickly as possible and 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 try to remove you know if it bit in and you know you want to make sure you get the whole thing out. You don't want to leave any of it there, and then you know keep an eye on it. You know the. The biggest thing is that bullseye. You know, as long as you know, if you see like a little bullseye rash around, you definitely want to go to the doctor. And yeah. you know, and if you have other concerns, it can't hurt to give your doctor a call and say, "Hey, I was bit by a tick." Because you know, you'd much rather get on some sort of medication or treatment uh, as soon as possible. Because the longer you wait, the you know, bigger problem it can be. But the that telltale sign is definitely the uh, that bullseye yeah. um, that forms afterwards. But um, now let yeah, me, you just want to stay on top of it. I always assumed if you got bit by a tick, it, it immediately pretty much meant you get you, you get uh, Lyme disease. But that's simply not the case, right? If that was the case, I I would have had it every other day. It seems like because you know I get bit quite a bit. I've been tested several times. I you know just for you know for normal physicals and stuff like that and. Uh, Knock on wood, I haven't had that or any of the other nasty diseases you can get from. I mean, Lyme disease is probably the least of my worries. There's, there's another one that I don't, I would hate to get called alpha gal, I believe it's called, and it's a, it's a meat allergy, where you're then all of a sudden allergic to red meat. So you know, beef, pork, all that kind of stuff, uh, you can't eat it anymore. You get like really, you could die from eating it. Um, and I know quite a few people have gotten that one. Why are you uh, worried about that? Well, why are you worried about that? And why are you putting that fear in my head? <laughs> well, I like to eat meat. Um, you know, as you as you know, you've had you know you've had my venison, you've had my squirrel, yes, and, I and did. rabbit, and yes, you know, if I, I mean, I could live on a fish diet. I eat plenty of fish, but I I definitely would miss you know a good burger, a good steak, or something like that. So right. that one makes me nervous. I'm getting more and more away from the red meat, and I completely saved our environment last night. I had a meatless burger. <laughs> you and Carl. Carl hated when he used to talk about this too. But I had a meatless burger. I mean, you know, it's saving the environment. Let's just ignore the fact that it's wrapped in plastic and uh, <laughs> and, and then it's also in a plastic tray, individually wrapped and in a plastic tray in a box. But I'm I'm still doing my part to save the environment, Chris. Yep, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest, though, man. These uh, meatless burgers and the vegetarian burgers, they've come a long way for real. And I know as soon as I say this, people are going to just tune me out. But I, I'm surprised how how good they actually taste. I thought I would just eat um, a meatless burger as in, a, you know, just to try to stay healthy and just kind of muster through it or muscle through it, I should say. Um, but you know, you put a big slice of tomato on there, maybe some cheese if you're into that, and some pickles and a nice bun that's toasted. I'm telling you, man, it's really comparable. Yeah, yeah I, I take it for some. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna doubt that it maybe tastes good, but I just, I just don't like the fact that it's like it's called a burger. Call it something else. You know, it's, it's, you know, just that's just my thing. It's like I, not, not gonna. Tastes good or bad or whatever, but I just I don't know. But I think burger. I'm thinking you know big old piece of beef or uh, that was you know. that was the rap I used to have with Patrice O'Neill because he was a vegetarian, and I said, look man, when they say it's like vegetarian uh, chicken parm, and then you bite into this, you're like it's it, it's cardboard with some sauce and some mozzarella. 
Um, I always said the same thing. Like, you can't call it, you know, vegetarian uh, chicken parm because you're expecting the taste of chicken parm, and then you're you're very disappointed. But I, I now am changing my tune on that because these meatless burgers, I'm surprised they're getting really, really close to, to it actually tasting like a burger. And then they use the beets to make it look at, like it's a like it's bloody when you bite into the damn thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I said, I, I, I'd much try stick, which is a different name for it. And I think I'd be, I think I'd be on board a little bit more. There you go. Uh, I'm going to have you over after this coronavirus thing. And, and we're going to have some, uh, beyond meat or meatless burgers. And I, I am going to record it and you're going to be very, very surprised. Hey, you know, that's, that's fair, man. Cause like I said, I made you eat squirrel, rabbit and venison and a few other crazy things. So I'm game. I'm, I'm up for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought I would hate the squirrel soup, and that was the best thing you made at uh, Mustache Brewery, man. It was ex- it was excellent. I still couldn't get past the fact that I was actually eating squirrel, but as I was doing it for the podcast, I, I was like, damn, this is really good. And as you know, I went in for seconds. So, yeah, and you, and you asked for a to-go container, too, which I was even shocked about that. I was like, wow, he's even taking some to-go, and that was after the podcast. So, I, um, yeah, no, man, it's good stuff. I got to be honest, though. When I got home with the to-go, uh, I, I threw it away. <laughs> I was I was done eating squirrel at that point. That's oh, my bummer. no, that's my point. Like for the podcast in front of you, and we're drinking beers and mustache. I'm telling you, it was it was delicious, and I would absolutely eat it, eat it if it was the only thing around. But then I couldn't get it out of my head that it was squirrel by the time I got home. <laughs> And then I was kind of done with it. I got to be honest. With you. All right, that's all right. So we'll, we'll we'll bring some more for for when we do the, the fake meat stuff. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll have some uh, squirrel soup as a side or an appetizer. All right, deal. Uh, let's talk about sharks, man. There's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of shark sightings uh, this year on Long Island, especially. And I, I'm I'm hearing my two cents that it's because the ocean water's uh, a bit on the warm side. No. I just, you know, there's a lot of different, uh, there's a lot of different reasons for it, you know, and, and, you know, recently there was that sighting of, uh, uh, and supposedly was caught a bull shark off of like Lido Beach, Nickerson Beach, you know, West, you know, Nassau. And when I first heard the reports of bull shark, I was like, ah, it's probably highly unlikely. I mean, they've been documented as far as their migrations and it, that's just a shark that's typically not here on Long Island, you know, but as you mentioned, you know, things are a hell of a lot warmer this summer. You know, and as the ocean gets warmer, things are kind of shifting north. So, again, it's not out of the realm of things. So for something like a bull shark or uh, frequently we've seen tiger sharks and not, not the sand tigers, which are always here, um, which also get big, but the, the actual tiger shark, you know, that's a more tropical species. In the last couple of years, we've seen a few of them. I actually got some uh, pretty cool drone footage last 4th of July, uh, not this 4th of July, last year, of a big tiger shark uh, off of Long Island. And... Um, you know, so it's more warm water stuff. But then a lot of these other sharks are here just because their populations are starting to kind of rebound. You know, sharks uh, were fished heavily and still to this day are fished heavily. Yeah. I mean, we kill millions and millions of sharks every year. Wait, why do we kill and, so many sharks? Because most people don't eat them. I, I, I think they're toxic to eat because they pee through their their skin or whatever. They're uh, right. Well, that's that's a pretty common misconception. So shark meat is actually quite tasty. Really? Uh, some species are more sought after than others, like so mako shark. Yeah. Uh, locally, thresher shark is another one that are, is is fish for. And yes, they do urinate through their skin, but there are ways to you know when they when they catch a shark, they they'll call it, they bleed it, so they'll they'll bleed it, get all the blood out, and that gets all the urine urea out. 
Uh, and then it's, you know, they're, they're quite delicious. So again, some, some species have been uh, fished down to really low levels, so they were protected and now prohibited to even fish for. So like sandbar sharks, dusky sharks, sand tigers, they're all prohibited species, so you're not even allowed to target them. Uh, the other thing, too, is their food is we protected their food. So I know you, you, know, you do a lot of fishing. You know about Bunker and Red oh, yeah. and we've talked about that on the whale episode. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they, they made a huge comeback because of regulations, and now that's why we see all those whales, dolphins, and the sharks. You know, it's food for all of them. And they're needed. They're definitely needed. Uh, they're, they're an important part of our ecosystem. Ah, they're not well, needed they're like if you're that. going for a little swim. Your drone footage and your underwater photography is just so awesome. You got a video of uh, drone footage of a, a, a bunker pod, uh, and, and uh, there were fish uh, feeding off the bunker pod. What, what fish were they, by the way? Yeah, that last one I put up were a bottlenose dolphin. Gorgeous. And, uh, it was cool, man, because they, they just pulled them up, I like, schooled them up into like a little bait ball, yeah. and then they would just pick them off one by one, yeah. or they'd swim through it and hit them with their tail and just stun them and then turn around and eat them. It was pretty wild, man, just watching them, them uh, tear those bunker apart. I, I'm telling you, you got to go to uh, Chris's uh, YouTube channel, Fish Guy Photos. He's got some great drone footage. Um, anyway, so sharks, uh, people are just completely scared shitless of sharks. And uh, you were talking about some of the species. There's actually, what, 350 uh, different species? but Yeah, all- yeah, world, worldwide, you know, and, and we have a lot of them. You know, we, have not, we don't have that many here, but we have more than I think most people, uh, most people think. Yeah. Uh, me and my colleagues have tagged in the last five years, we've tagged 31 juvenile white sharks wow. here on Long Island. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, which is the great white. Right. Um, we've got hammer, great hammerheads, scalloped hammerheads, um, Brown, um, black tip sharks, spinner sharks. Uh, so, you know, the list goes on as far as the species. And they're all your typical big shark. You know, we definitely have, we have the sand sharks that, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with fishing. You get them on the shore, you know, that's yeah. another shark species. I just wanted to jump in because when I'm fishing and I and I catch the, the sand sharks, they're also called dogfish, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Smooth so, dogfish, yeah. So it's so funny, man. You get these, uh, I call them farmers. I got that term from Andrew Dice Clay a million years ago. You got these farmers. They're like the clueless people, right? And they're walking the beach, you know, and they see me uh, pulling in a, uh, a sand shark. And especially the, the sometimes I get like a three-foot uh, sand shark off the, off the beach. And they're looking like, oh, my God, he caught a baby shark. He caught a great white. <laughs> they just they just go right to great white. And then I, I see this these stupid farmers, and I know they're looking at me, so I just casually, like, put my fingers right in his mouth. And they're like, oh, my God, he's, he's putting the fingers in its mouth. Harry, get your camera out. And, uh, you know, uh, long story short, uh, the sand sharks have uh, honestly no teeth or kind of sandpapery teeth. Uh, yeah, they're not going to yeah, hurt you is, is, is the point there. Yeah, no, they crush up crabs. They've got grinding plates that they'll crush up crabs and hard-shelled stuff. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Well, like you said, they're, they're harmless. And, you know, fully grown, they'll get like four to five feet, and that, that would be like a monster. Like right. said, most of the time around here, they're three foot. But everyone right away when it's a... A shark that's three foot, it's it's a baby. You right, know, I know. Uh, yeah, that's not a baby for that species. No. You know, when we catch the great whites, the juveniles that we catch, yeah, they're about three to four feet, and that's a shark that's a couple months old. Wow. Um, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I do want to jump in here and just say also that out of the three hundred and fifty different species of sharks, uh, only about thirty actually are interested in humans and attack us, and most shark bites. 
Uh, they don't even want to be biting humans. They they bite to see what you are and then realize, ah, you're a stupid human, and then they move on. But unfortunately, because of their bite, you know, that yeah. could be deadly. But they don't want to actually eat humans in general unless they're starving, right? Yeah, and, that, and see, that's, that's the biggest thing. And that's, you know, uh, unfortunately, just last week, you know, there was a fatality up in Maine. Um, a lady was swimming and got uh, attacked by a white shark. And uh, unfortunately, it was fatal. Uh, wow. And, it, you know, it, it's sad when it, when it happens. I mean, it's definitely something you don't want it to happen to anybody. Of you know? course. But when you look at the numbers, in the world, there's about, on average, 100 attacks worldwide yeah. you know, in a year. Right. Um, and the thing that drives me the mo- uh, crazy the most, I guess, about sharks and, and fear is people will freak out. Like you said, you see a shark, they freak out. I'm never going swimming again. But that same person will jump behind the wheel of their car without a thought of, of fear or anything. And chances are you were going to get in a car accident way before you even see a shark. You yes. know, and that kind of stuff, like I just wish that people had that kind of fear when they drive, maybe there would be less uh, accidents. I mean, we uh, all know somebody that's either been in a car fatal car accident or a really bad car accident. Yeah. But, you know, we still jump behind the wheel. I, we play on our phone while we're driving. We're eating a sloppy Joe sandwich, you know, we're doing our hair, whatever we're doing. And it's just, yeah. uh, I, I, you know, it's kind of crazy. I, I, I laugh because fear is irrational, obviously. And I I, uh, I popped up here on the, the old website, things that'll kill you before a shark. And uh, <laughs> number one is heart disease, you know, but we're not scared. Like we were just talking about red meat and burgers. I'm actually scared of heart disease. And there's a little bit of, of that in my family. So. I actually take that very seriously, but people will not go in the water because they're scared of sharks, but they'll just pound burgers right. all day long and cancer and, and uh, having a stroke and the flu will get you before a shark attack. And like you said, car accidents, suicide, uh, falling yeah. down, drowning. And here's one uh, bike accidents. You're yep. more, more likely to die from a bike accident than a shark attack, but that doesn't help you when you go into the ocean. You still are scared shitless. Actually, you, you could die of fireworks before a shark attack and lightning sure. strikes and sun and you heat know, exposure. And you know, and that's a, and you know, and the thing is too. No, no, nobody wants to be a statistic. Nobody wants to be that person that you know one in a million chance got attacked by a shark. So I think that's where a lot of that comes into, you know, fear. And we've all seen Jaws, you know, we've yeah. all seen the movies and Oh, can we talk about Jaws for a second? That's where my fear came from, like sure. many people my age. So I uh my whole life I've lived uh, near near water. My grandma's house in Wading River. Now I got a, a house on the ocean here, way out east on Long Island. And um that damn Jaws movie, man, um and it was that scene with the girl that was skinny dipping and the sun's going down. I I swam as the sun was going down a million times. It's a great time of day to go swimming. And then there's the shot, the underwater shot. And you can see she's naked and you can almost see her boobs. And then you can almost see some of the dirty parts, but not really because they filmed it uh, such. So that, that scene was so sexy and she's calling the guy to come into the water with her naked. And you're like, oh, my God, this is so erotic. And then, of course, she gets eaten by the shark, and they they show her uh, part of her body later on in the in the seaweed. I think, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so that scene was so sexy and so scary at the same effing time, and that did it for my whole generation. At that moment, we all were scared to go swimming in the water. Unfortunately. Yeah, no, that and that movie, like you said, did it to a lot of people, and even today, it still puts fear in people. And uh, oh yeah, you know, and but you know, but looking at that is as. Uh, as enticing of a swim that was, uh, that's probably the worst time to really be swimming if you were concerned about sharks. You know, 
dawn and dusk, you know, that's typically when they're feeding, you know, there's, yeah. uh, so there's definitely things you could do if you, you know, want to, you know, be safer about sure. it. Sure. You know, know what's funny though? Guys are just stupid creatures. And if there was a really hot girl that wanted to go swimming as the sun's going down and you could see the the fins of sharks just circling in the water and she's calling you and she's naked in that water. We're we're so quickly going to go, okay, okay, give me a minute to get naked. I'll be in there in a second. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> uh, we're like, fuck fear. She's hot. <laughs> I'll take my chances. Right. <laughs> but that did it for all of us. And unfortunately, you know... Um, you know, I listed a whole bunch of things you could die from before shark attacks, but it doesn't. As soon as you hit that water, though, and you 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 wade out a little bit, and maybe you're over your head, man, the, your mind gets the best out of you, and then you feel safer when you're in three, four feet of water. But the fact is, a lot of shark attacks uh, happen in in what three feet of water. Yeah, well, I don't know the exact depth, but you're right. It's a lot. It's more sh- it's shallower than you would actually think. You know. Um, Two summers ago here on the island, there was a couple, uh, girl, a girl and a young boy, I think, that were um, bitten by sharks. And, and I, I, I'm using the term bitten as opposed to attacked because they, it was proven that they were bitten by sand tiger sharks. Now, they can get three to 400 pounds. They can get huge. Yeah. Those are the ones you typically see at public aquariums. And uh, they, uh, they have big, gnarly, long teeth that are exposed, and they're fish eaters. You know, they, they're picking fish, and they live in the surf zone. They also live in the bays. Uh, right. Great South Bay is an actual known nursery for them, and um, tiny little eyes, so they don't use their vision very well. But if you've got a bunch of people swimming in the surf zone, and one of those sharks enters there looking for some small fish, flounder, sea robin, things like that, and then all of a sudden starts getting spooked, and there's always people, and it starts taking off, those teeth are going to rake a leg or something like that. So again, it wasn't those ones weren't like a specific attack because they eat fish. So like you said earlier, you know, we're not on the menu for a shark like that. You know, we don't look like a, uh, their meal. We don't look like a sea robin. The other extreme, though, is, you know, for the bigger sharks, like white sharks, you know, they eat seals. You know, so someone like us swimming or on a boogie board, I know you were talking about boogie boards the other day, um, you kind of look like a, an injured seal or, you know, something that's not, you, know, you look like an easy meal. Uh, same thing with, like, bass and bluefish. You could take a metal lure and cast it out and reel it in, not and catch a bass or a bluefish, but not because they like to eat metal, to that predator, that's an injured fish. That's right. an easy meal. There's less risk involved in getting hurt. I'm just going to go grab that easy thing. So, you know, so something like a white shark, again, they're going to go after something large that we kind of look like, but like sand tigers and duskies and, and sandbars and whatnot, they're eating fish, you know, skates, things that we generally don't fit that description. So that's where a lot of it is really a big mistake in identity. I'm glad you mentioned the boogie boards. I'm obsessed to this day. I got a boogie board and I love, love uh, doing that. And the bottom of my boogie board is white. I'm like, you idiot. It makes it look more like a seal to me. Or, or... Yeah, yeah, well, so, you know, so think about this, though, actually. So the yeah. white bottom actually is going to help you. Well, oh, really? So that's. Uh, yeah, so on a fish or a seal or a penguin, I'm thinking a bunch of different animals. Yeah. If you notice, a lot of them have a white belly. Yes. And a dark top, and that's yeah. known as countershading. Okay. So what happens is if you're, let's say, a seal or a penguin or something that's up on the surface with a white belly, and there's a shark below you looking up, well, when you look up underwater, what do you see? You see bright light, right? Right. So if you're white, you kind of blend in with the sky above, and hopefully you're not seen. It's, that's a type of camouflage. When you're swimming down deep with a dark back and there's a predator up above you looking down, they don't see you as easily because you blend in with a dark, deep 
ocean below. Right. So having a white paddle uh, belly of a uh, boogie board is probably in your favor. Why Why weren't you my friend 10, 15 years ago, man, when I got this uh, state-of-the-art boogie board? I spent a lot of money on it, and I've been paranoid ever since, and it turns out that uh, the white underbelly is actually good. All right, that, that's going to help. There you go. It's counter-shading. You're, you're yeah. all set, man. If you had a darker uh, bottom to your boogie board, then I'd be a little bit more concerned. Oh, you know? okay. I mean, and then I got a paddle board, and, and you know, I'm obsessed with trying to go as far out in the ocean as I can, and then as I get further and further out and I'm standing on this thing, I'm like, oh my God, what's under me right now? <laughs> I get so freaked out, man. And like I said, I've been, uh, I, I was brought up, uh, you know, next to the water more or less, but I'm thinking whales and everything else are below me. And then I get scared and have to start paddling back into shore. I think that's the thing. It's an unknown. You can't see it. Right. You know, it's kind of no different than if I took you and dropped you in the middle of the woods somewhere. You know, it's, you don't know, are there tigers, are there bears, or lions? You know, who the hell knows where you're, wherever I drop you in the world? You know, it could be all sorts of big predators. But again, in the woods, you don't know. You yeah. Know, it's, 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 it's that you can't see it type of thing. I think that's the same thing with the ocean. Can we back up a second? You were talking about yeah. that poor woman in Maine. I meant to ask yeah. you, what were the details of that? Was she in um, shallow water? Was she out pretty far do you know i'll be honest i don't have exact oh, okay. all the details on that one but what i heard was she was in a wetsuit and she was swimming oh um, wow which the wetsuit makes sense because it's maine man that water does not get above 50 in the summer so yeah. it's, it's cold you know and again there's a lot of seals up there um you know but this was the first ever attack in maine so that kind of brings back to the point we we're talking about earlier as things warm Everything kind of shifts and moves further, a little bit further north you know, right. as, as temperatures, you know, as the ocean gets a little warmer. Um, so that's, you know, something that someone in Maine might never have even thought twice about because, ah, we're too far north. But now, you know, it's not like it was a few years ago. So it's, or, you know, 10, 20 years ago, things are, things are definitely changing. I'm kind of mad because this coronavirus, we were supposed to go tagging for sharks. You were going to bring yeah. me and we were going to do a whole episode on on the boat instead we're doing it this way which is fine but uh how uh, but you've been uh tagging sharks no yeah we've been getting it hasn't been easy. it's made things a lot more difficult for us but we have you know we've been going out we've been taking our precautions um you know using multiple boats and, and whatnot but we've had a fairly successful season so i am i am part of the uh the south fork natural history museum's uh shark research and education program so sofo.org if you're interested but um, it pretty much started as four friends that went to college together out here in Southampton, uh, university. And we've rolled, we, four of us graduated, we're all in the field together and, uh, of different aspects. One's a teacher, one's a, a, a researcher, another's the director of the museum. And we kind of was tagging sharks, uh, just for kind of fun and helping with science by just tagging them. And then one of the sharks that we tagged, me and my buddy, Greg, uh, Metzger, uh, we tagged it about five miles outside of Shinnecock. So for those that don't know where Shinnecock is, it's Southampton. So it's the Eastern end of Long Island. And a year and seven months, that shark was recaptured by a fisherman off the coast of Africa. Oh, my so God. 2,200 miles away. Um, that shark right there kind of got us really excited. Like, wow, we finally got a recapture on one of our sharks. Yeah. And um, we had a researcher donate to us a $2,000 satellite tag. And we were able to put it out on a young of the year white shark, which is a young of the year is one that's born that year. And we did that in 2015, and we found out we were the first ones to ever tag a juvenile white shark um, in the Atlantic with a satellite pop-off tag. Wow. You know, and then we're tagging other sharks, brown sharks, uh, duskies. Uh, we're trying to get a satellite tag and a hammerhead. 
I just got a text before you called from our lead scientist, Toby Curtis, that the, uh, the satellite tag that we tagged on a thresher a few, uh, about a month ago had just popped off. And uh, so it records data while it's on the shark and a program to come off at either a month or we have one that's a couple that are out for 53 days now. And they record data the whole time and then they pop off and transmit the data to his, his laptop. Uh, and if we could find the tag, we actually can download even more data. Um, so we're actually, our social media will be posting about looking for this tag. Last summer I found, we put out six and we got five of them back. I found one in Southampton. Uh, a lifeguard in New Jersey found one, and he took it home. This is a funny story. He took it home. <laughs> right. And Greg actually was driving to his house to get it when he finally called us to say, hey, I got your tag. Um, so it was pretty cool. <laughs> you got researchers out there going, hey, the shark is driving a car right now. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, that's what was really funny. It was that's like, my. Wait a second. That's it's my. Going, it's going down Main Street. Right. <laughs> that's my attempt at doing another Brian Regan. Hey, I think the shark is eating a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> but again, those young and white sharks are eating fish. They're not eating seals or things that look like a surfer or a paddleboarder or right. you know, swimmer. It's, they're eating. Sea robins, so you should like them. They're eating sea robins. They're I hate sea robins. Uh, As a surf caster, I gotta just say again, I hate sea robins. <laughs> it makes me not fish for almost a month, uh, starting this time until uh, the fall, because you can't even sit on your fucking chair and enjoy a tune or a podcast or a beer. They they just uh, what we call them uh, bait stealers. You, you you cast in, and within seconds they're on your hook, and you could catch. No joke, if you're out there for ten hours. Uh, you could catch close to fifty of them in ten hours. It's it's a nightmare, and and I use two hooks. You know, I use a nice uh, striper rig, and yeah. and there's so many times that I'll get two sea robins on a hook. Uh, you know, on a rig at the same time, and the same farmers. Oh my God, Harry caught two fish at the same time on your goddamn camera. And I, I'm like, lady, Jesus, stick around. You'll see me do this 10 times in a fucking row. It's not a big deal. It's a major pain in the ass because now I got to get two sea robins that swallow the hook all the way down to their stomach. You know, I got to try to figure out how to get those hooks out and, and uh, you know, save the fish because I'm that type of fisherman. I'm not one of these guys that are yanking fish out of the ocean and just throwing them on the side to die. I actually try to do the right thing and get them back in the water and hope, to, hope uh, that they'll survive, you know. Yeah, but see, that's when you got to throw them in the cooler and fillet them up later. I, you've had my sea robin ceviche, and, and I got you to admit that was really good also. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I was just talking to my neighbor about that because he's always sniffing around. He's like, have you caught any striped bass uh, lately? And I'm like, relax. You, I'll get you a fish, but I got to take <laughs> care of me first, and then... You know, if I'll get uh, I'll get a fresh one and then maybe one in the freezer, and then I'll start uh, taking care of my neighbors around here. But I told the guy, I'm like, look, I'll go down there right now. I'll catch uh, 20 sea robins if you want to fillet them up. And he's like, eh. and I'm like, no, I'm telling you, my guy, my friend Chris, he uh, did a nice ceviche for for me, and it was very very tasty. Um, yeah. But I I just don't want to deal with them because they're so familiar to me that I feel like I'm um, killing dogs. I feel like I'm killing puppies. <laughs> You know, when you see the sea robin over and over again, it, there's a familiarity about it that makes it creepy to kill one of them. I, I know it's it's a fucked up thought, but it is uh, the truth. Yeah, I mean, I, I see a sea robin. I see beer battered tacos. Uh, Beautiful. I see fish and chips. I see ceviche. I see. I've even eaten them raw. I've had them as sushi. I mean, it's not it's not a piece of tuna, but uh, it's doable. <laughs> right. 
So we, we shouldn't be scared of sharks is what no, it comes down to. not at all. I mean, like, respect. I like to tell people to respect the sharks. And like, you know, like I said, they, we kill millions of them a year, um, every year. And, you know, they're, they're a long-lived animal. You know, a sand tiger, you know, can live 50 years. White sharks can live at least 50 years. I mean, there's research that just came out now that a Greenland shark, which we don't have around here, they have live over 400 years. Um, so some of these things live for a long time. Wait, 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 slow down. There was a shark that lived? It lives, lives, it's today, it's the Greenland shark, if you Google Greenland shark, and you know, longest lived fish, it comes up, and it's, uh, it's a big shark that lives in the high, you know, northern regions of the Atlantic, and, um, cold, cold water, and slow growing, and, yeah, I mean, some that, and that's not uncommon for fish. I mean, you know, that some of these fish, you know, some of your de- especially deeper water fish can live for hundreds of years. You know, and, you're trying uh, to tell me that this, uh, I'm blown away. This uh, particular uh, shark can live for 400 years. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, Google uh, Greenland shark. Yeah, I'm going up, to man. after it, the podcast. But uh, so why? Here's a question for you, uh, as being a marine biologist and whatnot. We're all trying to live longer as human beings. Why can't we figure out that there are actually things that live on this earth that live for hundreds of years? And why can't we figure out why that is uh, the case and how we could uh, use some of that uh, knowledge to figure out how to how to get humans to live longer? Well, I think a lot of you know, so a lot of these animals that live a long time, you know, like uh, clams. There's been clams that live hundreds of years. You know, they're typically cold water. Um, slow metabolisms, you know, they're cold-blooded, they're not warm-blooded. I mean, that, that takes a lot of energy, and that just kind of starts burning you out, you know, work getting all the organs working and whatnot. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think that it's just we're just different, you know. I mean, there's, there, there are mammals that, you know, well, people, we live here a long time, you know. I mean, uh, then there's other animals, like even land, like, like Galapagos tortoises, you know. They live for, you know, hundreds of years. It's, right. You know, but again, cold-blooded, slow-moving, not really in a rush to yeah. go anywhere. We're always in a freaking rush to go somewhere. I think that burns us out quicker. You of know? course, it's funny you mentioned clams because as a fisherman, I oh, I I didn't, I I told you off the podcast, but I had one of these assholes walk by my my uh, my my fishing pole. You know, I leave it down at the ocean when I come up and have lunch or whatnot, and I go back and there's a there's a note in the sand that says "Stop killing fish." <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, I'm the I'm the fish's best friend. I can't tell you how many fish I've thrown back into the ocean. That you know, a wave will take him out of the ocean, and I'll throw him back in before the seagulls get him. I see these stupid clams as I take my walks in the morning, and they may live for hundreds of years, but man, are they dumb! They'll be on the shore with their. I think it's actually their foot, right? People think it's yep. their tongue. Uh, they'll, yep. And and it looks like they're just licking the sand, but they're not. They're trying to figure out how to get back in the ocean. Uh, and I'll throw all the. I'll throw everything back in the ocean as possible. And and uh, the amount of fishing I do in the summer, I I throw just about ninety nine percent of uh, everything back. Actually, way more than ninety nine percent. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's all it's it's all about you know respecting a resource you know I mean it's it's a you know I, I I do a lot of fishing as you know I eat a lot of seafood as you know I throw a lot of seafood back though I don't keep everything I catch you know yeah. a lot of it's just you know again use it don't abuse it you know uh, but unfortunately with a lot of fisheries you know we've abused it and like you know with the sharks I mean they you know we've you know some species have you know knocked their numbers down and that's the other thing too like so it's not even like they can reproduce quickly right um so like a shark might take 10 or 15 years to reach maturity and when they do some species might only give birth to two 
Right. You know, and, and that's it. You know, yeah, granted, it's a two-foot-long shark, so it has a better chance of survival. But if you then have to wait 15 years for that shark to reproduce again, you know, as opposed to a sea robin that's, you know, got hundreds of thousands of eggs when they spawn. And, yeah, granted, most of them get eaten, but, you know, they're reproducing quicker. They're they're living shorter. Um, so there's definitely, uh, you yeah. know, it's, it's fishery. You know, some things can just handle fishing pressure and others others can and you know as long as they're managed properly and hopefully it's there for everybody that's, to enjoy yeah well that's how how much i respect the ocean life because i uh i hate sea robins and i'll throw every single one of them back in <laughs> um i was talking to my son about whales the other day um and that that episode me and you did where we were went whale watching is one of my favorites by the way it was so casual and it was fun and really really enjoyable and i i hope i uh, captured that day properly because it was oh it was awesome i, yeah, I still it, get a ton of compliments oh, good. about that episode it, it was amazing but i was talking to my son about whales and how they could communicate with each other across the ocean as a human being that my mind is fucking blown by that how is that possible yeah i mean sound well, i mean sound travels a lot further in water than uh, than it does you know in air um but you know they're just they're just different, man. I mean, but even look, look at other animals, like your dog. Right. You know, forget even about what your dog can hear things that you can't hear. You know, it's just, um, you know, and I always wonder how many things that we've lost just because we've become civilized. And I'm using the air quotes there. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's uh, migrations, how things travel around the world and, right. and can find their way back to places that they were Amazing. born or um, butterfly. I mean, this is the marine related, but butterflies. I mean, the monarch butterfly goes from Mexico to all the way to North, northern North America right. and back to Mexico, but it's not the one that left Mexico. It's the fourth generation. It, so one year and four generations, they go. that last generation flies to Mexico where their great-great-grandparents were you know, a year previous. It's How a, do they figure that out? It's amazing because as human beings, I'm laughing because you, you nailed something. Uh, as far as migrating and all that goes, we have grinded down our senses, and now we don't even... We're in a car for an hour with our GPS, and we're like, oh, my God, how did I get here? You're not yeah. even paying attention anymore. As far as grinding down the senses, you're so, so right. Uh, we, we play everything so loud in our ears, so we grind down our hearing. We're on our phones all day. We grind down our eyesight. We, we put salt on everything, so we, our taste buds are just nothing at this point. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. And you know, the GPS thing is a perfect example. Yeah. I mean, right now, if, if I told you how to get somewhere, and like, or I took your phone away, and they're like, which way is north? So many people can't even point north or east. It's just right. like, you yeah, know, we've no. lost that common, just <laughs> knowing where the sun is, it <laughs> give you direction, you know? We're, none of us are ready for the apocalypse, unfortunately. So uh, to wrap up, so sharks... You shouldn't be scared of sharks when you go in the ocean. What should you be scared of when you go in the ocean? Some of those, like uh, maybe those tiny little peepee fish that go into your pee hole. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a freshwater Amazon fish. So you're okay unless you're going down oh, the good, Amazon good. River. You're yeah. okay there because I've heard horror stories with these tiny little fish. They're like, oh, the, 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 your pee hole's inviting to them, and then next thing you know, you're in a world of hurt. Oh yeah, that's a that you want to learn more about that. Your listeners could Google that one because that is a legit thing. Uh, you're not making that up, you know. But, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I've been doing this for a long time. I grew up in the water like you, and I, you know, I'm, it's my profession. You know, this is what I do for a living. I'm, you know, I'm I'm a marine scientist, and uh, I've been hurt more in the ocean by man-made objects than I have ever really been by fish. I mean, I've cut my foot open on glass. Oh yeah. Um, 
you know, things like that more than I've been hurt by anything. I've, I've taken more bites from crabs, you know, than anything bigger, you know, but all the things that people are generally afraid of, I mean, I, yeah, like sharks are the last thing, you know, worry about jellyfish. We're coming into August and you you know, the lion's main jellyfish are going to start moving inshore. And that sucks when you get stung by one of them, man, that hurts. Yeah. They're not fun. I've noticed in recent years when I go into the ocean, the amount of times that, you know, a bag will wrap around my leg or uh, other pollution. There's so much. I mean, I'm looking at the ocean right now as I do this podcast, and it looks like it's it's pristine and there's no pollution and whatnot. But if I go swimming after this, there, there's a very good chance that some kind of uh, plastic will wrap around my leg. And of course, we talked about it in the past that you know that jellyfish is a, a huge food source for a lot of. A lot of things that live in the ocean, and they, they they swallow that up, and you know, and then they die. Unfortunately, yeah, they I choke mean, leatherback sea turtles. You know, that's what yeah. they eat. They eat jellyfish, and to eat a jellyfish, their throat's got these like hairy fibers that go backwards, so they can kind of start swallowing, keeping it down. But right. if they grab a balloon or a bag, they don't know what it is, and they start eating it. By the time they realize what it is, like, oh shit, I can't spit this back out again. So they swallow it, and they starve to death. And that's oh, a oh, shitty oh, way to go. Unbelievable. All right. Hey, uh, Chris from Fish Guy Photos, always a pleasure. Your Instagram and your YouTube channel, amazing. I really, really enjoy your drone footage and your underwater stuff. And I've learned a lot, by the way. And um, if you want to listen to past episodes with Chris, we did the whale watching. We went hunting with the red-tailed hawk Emmy. And then we hung out at Mustache Brewery in um, in uh, Riverhead. That was an awesome episode, too. Made when your it- brother squirm on that <laughs> yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, but I want to wrap up. I remember from the whale watching episode, which is one of my favorites, by the way, you were talking about a whale that was still alive for hundreds of years. And what was the harpoon again? I just want to end with that. Yeah, so there was a, they had found like a harpoon head, you know, in a, in a bowhead whale, which is, uh, again, a northern cold water species. And that, you know, that dated back, you know, a couple hundred years. And it was one of those things that was like, wow, um, that, that whale survived an attack, you know, a, a whaling attack there and uh, lived to tell, you know, lived to tell about it. That's what I was but, getting at. So this harpoon went in the well in the early 1800s, and the damn thing was still alive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it buried in, and luckily it wasn't a fatal hit, and you know, the whale did just fine. You know, but it's uh, it's crazy to think that stuff can be around for that long. Because when you, well, I always, I always want to hear about a fish that's 200 years old or 400. Years old. I just think of the things that went on in this planet during right. that time. Right. You know, that's even if you know. Like four hundred year old Greenland shark. Think about the the history of the world in four hundred years. Right. Uh, it's 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 that's a big difference. Yep. You know if that sh- if that shark could speak and see what was going on, man, that would tell some stories. Of course. Well, thank you, my friend. Um, anything else you want to promote? No, man. I mean, this is like I said. Definitely follow me on Instagram, Facebook. You know, Twitter. I'm there. I hate Twitter, but I'm there if you really want to be on Twitter. Uh, Twitter but uh, just uh, this guy photos, and um, yeah, we need to do. Like, hopefully, this chick gets over soon. Here, we could do something. I'd love to get you out on the water on a boat and tag a shark, man. Let you t- you re- let you reel it in. Let you measure it. Take thin clippings. Tag the thing. Do the whole workup, and uh, that would be really awesome. So. Hopefully this shit goes away soon and uh, or we get to the bottom of it and we can get you out there. Right on. Yeah, we'll get there. Say hi to your poodle and tell it I'm watching you. <laughs> <laughs> With those dumb dog ears that can hear everything. 
<laughs> You're gonna make me like poodles. I, I, half of this is not even jokes. I hate poodles. They just they just look like assholes when they walk around well, see, New but York. That, but that's just it. My dogs don't look like that. I mean, I'll, okay. I'll send you a picture, man. I have like right. normal dogs, man. I don't cut that whole froofy thing. I, I got right. a dog that's a dog, man. And yeah. I, and I'm allergic to dogs, and I didn't want a little lappy yap dog. So these dogs, my poodles are 60 pounds, man. These are real deal. All right. And I do take pleasure in the fact that poodles don't want to look like they look because they're stupid owners, you know, where they get them groomed and make them look all yeah. silly and ridiculous. And I think I think that's why poodles are so angry all the time because they see their <laughs> exactly. reflection. I, in a, I wouldn't want to be cut like that. Yeah, they see their reflection in a storefront. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to look like this. <laughs> I want to look like a goddamn German Shepherd. I'm just as mean as those bastards. <laughs> All right, I'm babbling. Thank you, Chris. Uh, man, it was great, great talking with you. And uh, yeah, I said let's catch up soon. Boo 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 boo. <laughs> boo boo 